Welcome back to QC Fantasy. This is Graham Rogers, joined by my two favorite co-hosts, as always, Taylor Story, Chris Hayes. How are we today, guys? Doing fantastic. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. Good, good. Glad to be be back recording. Let's uh let's get right to it. Um, we're gonna be breaking down the AFC South today. See if there are any gems out there in this division. No, it might be a little tough to tough to find and dig through a little bit on some of these offenses. But first, let's uh get into some NFL news, guys. So up first, uh, Terry McLaurin not attending mandatory minicamp. Um, I know we've had multiple discussions about the Washington Commanders and the offense in general. Um, what do we take here with Terry McLaurin not being at mandatory minicamp? I think we've seen a number of wide receivers get big contracts. Um, a couple of other receivers either get traded to sign those contracts or not attending camp right now. Um, are we concerned about this for uh, Terry McLaurin? Uh kind of feels like he's going to get a deal done. I don't know why, but it feels like he's going to get an extension and stay with Washington personally. I just, I just don't see him leaving. I don't know where he's going to go. Hasn't, I mean, we haven't really heard any trade rumors, so it's, it's just weird. It's awfully quiet for someone who's not going to minicamp. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, we didn't hear much. We didn't hear anything about A.J. Brown being traded until it actually happened. So I mean, this offseason has been has been insane. It's usually like when guys hold out, they eventually get deals done. But we've seen we've seen guys like Hollywood Brown and, and AJ Brown get get traded um this this offseason. Um so I there's probably a, a better chance that McLaurin gets a deal done with Washington, but it's been a wild off season. So I guess we'll just wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Washington, you kind of have to make this happen, right? I mean, what are you doing if you go into the season without Terry McLaurin out there for Carson Wentz to throw to? Um, So hopefully he gets a deal done. I mean, I'd love to see him somewhere else just because I don't think that offense is going to be any good. But like you said, I'm not sure that that's going to end up happening. Um, Speaking of contracts, Lamar Jackson uh, showed up to camp still in contract talks. You guys know he's still kind of representing himself, basically. Um, So... It's really interesting with him, like the dichotomy between him and maybe like a Kyler Murray, right? What we've heard some more noise, some more uh, Kyler being a little bit more upset and vocal about it while Lamar is just kind of going about his business. But um, what do we think about Lamar? I mean, he clearly looks like he wants to play. He's committed to play. He just wants to play. Um, so I really don't have any concerns with him. And neither nah, do I. To get paid. Yeah, I mean, obviously the man wants to get paid. He's a former NFL MVP, so he deserves to get paid. Um, you know, Baltimore is one of the, the best-run organizations in in the league. So, I mean, they're going to assume they can get this done. Um, and John Harbaugh hasn't, you know, he hasn't really been worried about Lamar when when asked about his contract in, in press conferences. So. I don't see a lot of concern here, and it's not really a surprise that Lamar showed up for for minicamp. Yeah, I think it's just one of those deals that's going to be huge. So they've got a lot of time to iron out some stuff and get the right numbers and get the right incentives or voids, whatever all these teams are doing nowadays where they sign them for 45 years, but the last 42 years are voidable. I don't know what they got going on over there, but I think it's just going to take a while, and he's going to be playing for Baltimore for several years at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lamar's one of those guys that he's the 
like when you think of the NFL, you you also think of Lamar Jackson. But so the Ravens, they're they're gonna get this done, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, speaking of contracts getting done here, uh, Alan Lazard signed his restricted free agent tender. Um, I think we all kind of knew that was coming. But yeah, it's there's it's weird. The, the Green Bay fan here. Um, so. I think this just kind of locks in what we thought before of what was going to be happening in Green Bay as far as the wide receiver position. Yeah, I think he was waiting for a, an actual contract, but just didn't get one. And I, I think he was going to play there regardless, but would always love to see guys get paid. Maybe in the future. Yeah, I mean, the after Packers his, didn't after his really... MVP season this year. Yeah. The Packers didn't really have a choice, though. Like, they had to, they had to get this done with Lazard because he's He's probably the most talented of of the current uh, wide receivers for the Packers, and he's got a good rapport with with Rodgers. Yeah. Well, the pack, you know, they they really needed to to get this done. Yeah, agreed. Um, so then, some non contract news here. Uh, again, some some camp talk here. Tony Pollard exploring uh, a receiver role at camp, uh, quoted as saying anything to be on the field. I, I love Tony Pollard. Um, you know, I think he's talented and can play whatever position he wants to. And then you do look at the wide receiver position. C.D. Lamb, you know, we're, we're hoping for a big year there. Michael Gallup probably going to miss the first, I don't know, five, six, eight weeks. Um, and then you've got Jalen Tolbert and James Washington, and then arguably a lot of guys that Tony Pollard is more talented than. Um, so do we take any out of this? Is this just something in camp they need bodies out there at wide receiver for all the reps that are being done? Um, or do we think Pollard may actually line up at wide receiver? The T in Tony Pollard stands for taking over the backfield. I think he's just going to, get on the field as much as he can and eventually after the first couple weeks of the season they're gonna they're gonna give him sixty percent of the touches out of the backfield. I mean we'd love to see that one we because Tony Pollard has, looks more explosive than than so Elliott. Um but we are talking about Mike McCarthy here. We are talking about Kellen Moore here. Um and yeah, I mean the Cowboys invested a lot in Zeke and you know we all know that you know, the Cowboys want those big names getting the ball. Um, I just, I'd love to see Pollard out there more, especially in receiving situations, because he is arguably, I mean, he's more talented than James Washington. And, you know, Jalen Tolbert's only only a rookie. Um, so I think more, more touches for Pollard would be great. But I am going to be nervous. Like, is this news going to shoot him up draft boards to the point where it's not even, it's not even, worth taking him because you don't know for sure that he's getting those carries yeah that's an alley yeah there's a there's an opportunity cost there if he starts rising in drafts of like okay who who are we not drafting to take tony pollard because we think he might get wide receiver touches that may or may not pan out and then he may be on the 40 percent end of the touches in dallas in the backfield instead of the 60 so um Mm -hmm. definitely something to keep Mm -hmm. an eye on of of how he's moving yeah agreed Let's go ahead and dive into the AFC South, breaking down each of these teams. Mm-hmm. 
So let's start with uh, the Titans, guys. They uh, they made one of the big moves, right? Uh, um, traded A.J. Brown to Philadelphia, drafted Traylon Burks. Um, you know, what are we thinking about Tannehill? I know a couple years ago had a good bit of Tannehill, loved it, and then just kind of got burned by it last year. We know Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, but coming off the injury late in the year. Um, kind of break down, let's go through the passing game first, and then we'll get to Derrick Henry. I think... I mean, Traylon Burks isn't going to be A.J. Brown right out of the gates, but they obviously traded him and then picked him right away, so that's what they expect him to be. Um, I think it just hurts Tannehill's chances of being that like QB 13 that he was last year. I, I think he's going to be like a middle-of-the-pack QB 2, a little bit less reliable, um, not as high of a ceiling, obviously, With unless Traylon Burks is just amazing, but... I don't think I totally expect him to be A.J. Brown level of football, at least right out of the gates. So as far as this year, I mean, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot more and be efficient with it to to get to those same numbers. Um, or unless Robert Woods comes back from his injury and is just a world beater at wide receiver and just taking yak to the house and helping out Tannehill with all these points. But I don't really see that happening either with his old age. Yeah, I mean, this is a very tricky situation for for Tannehill. Um, while he did finish QB 13 last year, he was inconsistent at times. Um, Mike Vrabel is is one hell of a coach, though. Like even when Henry went down, like they they still found a way to finish as the number one seed in the AFC, which I didn't think was mm-hmm. possible. So I, I I like the Titans from football perspective and i think mike rabel's an outstanding coach but i'm not in on Tannehill this year um for fantasy purposes so i i mean Traylon burks it it's tricky um you know with the recent news of of the potential asthma issues like i don't really know what that's about um i know like i don't i'm not trying to get suckered into that news especially like people were worried about Jamar Chase and his drops in camps last year. Um, but this feels like a different issue altogether. Like, I didn't love the Brooks with with, with the Titans um, and the asthma stuff. Like, how can you play in the NFL and have asthma at the same time? You know, I, I don't really get that. Um, I do like Robert Woods it's, as a football player, but for fantasy purposes, coming off the injury, I do have concerns. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how to feel about this offense. I mean, I in all the best ball drafts I've done, I, I don't have much of any of these guys. I may have a little bit of Burks. I don't think I have any Robert Woods um, coming off the knee injury at his age. I am positive I don't have any Tannehill. Um, I'm just not sure what the ceiling for each of those guys is. Um, so that that worries me in the passing game. Um, you know, Austin Hooper is there at tight end, but we've seen they just kind of have a revolving door of tight ends that honestly are there more for blocking than they are for pass catching because I think Woods and Burks are going to take a lot of those short passes anyways. Um, it's not like Tannehill is going to be leaning on the tight end for those anyway. Uh, so Derrick Henry, guys, this is this is the big one, right? Okay, where should we be drafting Derrick Henry? Coming off the injury, we know he's getting just a little bit older. We know the style of play, but he has just produced and was on record-breaking pace last year. So where do you guys stand on Derrick Henry going into the season? I think he's going to be a, wide, or a running back one easily this year for sure. Um, whether he stays healthy is going to be 
if he can stay into the top five, um, if he's, I mean, maybe he starts to leave some games early, miss one or two games here or there, and that's what's going to keep him out of the top backs of the league this year for fantasy wise. But if he's back and fully healthy, he's he's a easy top five running back candidate. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, as far as dynasty wise, if he's on your team. You can't trade him. Nobody's giving you what he's worth. I, I've even tried to trade him a couple times, like a month or two ago, and nobody's giving you what he's worth. But even contenders, just because of his age and his injuries, so ride him out. Hopefully, you've got him on a team where you can even kind of contend, so that he's not just going to waste. Um, I mean, maybe you can ship him off mid-season for something, but it, it, I, I think this is—it's coming to the end of his career. Um, this is this could very well be his last RB one season before he starts to tail off but for this year i i still like him a lot yeah i agree taylor i I think if i think if you're looking for elite production out of henry especially in dynasty this is probably the last year you're going to get it if he plays 16 or 17 games he's going to be an rb rb1 um and last year was kind of an, an anomaly in terms of the injury but we see how Injuries have rocked our, you know, top running backs in the past. Like Christian McCaffrey didn't have any injury problems um, for the first four years of his career. In the last two seasons, he's just been been rocked. Um, so if Henry plays sixteen or you know all seventeen games this year, he's a locked in RB one. I think in redraft, if you can get him in picks six through ten, you're getting you're getting a pretty good value there um definitely a guy you want to take a chance on I, i'm a big derrick henry fan um if i have him i'm really excited if i don't have him and i'm going against him i'm usually really frustrated um but i'm a fan and i i think they're gonna need him now more than ever um especially with aj brown gone so this if henry plays injury free he is He's a locked-in RB1 this year. Yeah, I, uh, he's going off as RB4 right now. Looks like around 7.7. I'll be honest, I hate those like middle spots in the draft, 7 through 9. I'd rather be a little further up or a little further back because I don't exactly like that stretch of players. I mean, we've talked about Derrick Henry. I'd probably take Stefan Diggs there, who's going off right after him. Najee Harris is in that same area. We just talked about him last week. Um, so there's a little bit of a purgatory there for me where i'm not getting one of the elite guys in you know jt cup mccaffrey jefferson or chase um and i I sometimes feel like i'm settling in that range a little bit um but speaking of rb1s uh let's get at the colts guys um jonathan taylor you know I don't think there's any question of RB1 last year. He was just a monster. He's still young. Is he the locked-in RB1 for this year as well? Oh, he is for me for sure. Um, You have to draft him as wide receiver one in any format. I mean, I just did a startup league that was super flex, and Jonathan Taylor went first overall. That's what people think of him. Like, he went before, you know, Mahomes, Herbert, Kyler Murray, all these guys in Superflex. So the the hype is real still, and he's still an amazing talent. And I, I think he handedly finishes as a easy top three option. Easily. There's no there's no worry. Yeah, I mean if I've got the number one overall pick, 
and it's not super flex, then I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. It's really no doubt about it. And I do think the offense will be better this year under Matt Ryan. So I'm not saying Taylor will, yeah, very will be. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying Taylor will be better, um, but he's elite, um, especially with that offensive line. So Jonathan Taylor is number one overall for for me this year. Well, I already had my hot take in the NFC South that uh, I was going to have CMC there. Um, I had to do something for the Panthers to be involved in a positive way and not a negative way. So I guess I'm I, I guess I'm going to stick to that, and Jonathan Taylor will be my RB two, and I'm hoping it's only by like half a point. Because um, yeah, if I'm drafting at 101, that's that's probably the way that I'm going. Um, hey, to be fair, though, if Christian McCaffrey, if we if we knew Christian McCaffrey was healthy, let's say he'd be one on one easily. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there yeah, are people out there that are probably going to take McCaffrey one overall this year. Yeah, very possible. So to be fair, and I know this isn't like a ton of drafts, but like when you're talking about 40 to 50 best ball drafts, like I've been at the one on one a couple of times and I have my fair share of Jonathan Taylor, but I also have Christian McCaffrey there. Um, I've even when I wanted to, you know, go with a reduced running back role, like went Justin Jefferson or Chase or somebody else. So um, again, I just want exposure, but I think you could go a number of different ways. And part of that for me is, you know, Naheem Hines is there. So when you talk about Christian McCaffrey and the receiving work that he got out of the backfield when he was just no question, by far and away, the best running back out there, the best player for fantasy, and it wasn't close. A lot of that was because of the receiving he was getting, right? So I do like Hines later. You've got Matt Ryan there now, who is more of a, a statue. Um, and he's going to lean on the running backs when things break down more so than he is maybe some of the younger guys we're seeing who will take off and run. Um, so I don't mind picking up Hines in drafts as well, especially if it's full PPR. Yeah, it's For me, Hines is going to be involved for sure. Um, we knew Wentz didn't like doesn't like to check down. He's I think career wise is one of if not the lowest check down percentages. So with him gone and Matt Ryan back, I, I don't think Matt Ryan's the best either at checkdowns, but certainly more than Wentz. So Hines could certainly be an option. I think there's even been murmurs of Taylor taking a little bit less of a load and Hines being more involved. So I mean, you just take what he did last year and basically bump him up a tad um i mean he finishes the running back 48 in ppr could he crack the top 40 safely and be a okay flex flex option for you some weeks when you know they're gonna have to throw the ball probably so that's that's where his points are going to come from those those good matchups uh that's when i target him you're you're probably going to see him on the waiver wire in your redraft league so that's that's kind of where everybody's at on naeem hines i well i do want to point out like even more of a reason to like Jonathan Taylor and and Derek Derek Henry this year like every single year they play Jacksonville and they play mm. Houston twice a year and every, you know he's putting up 200 against Jacksonville it just happens every year Henry yeah yeah I mean like you're, these two guys you're, are gonna eat you're guaranteed like yeah at least 100 yards and two touchdowns in, in those games so right it's just Easy yeah, that's, that's the that's the only good thing about this division is the couple stars that are in it are going to have their good matchups. Yeah, so 
let's uh get back into the the Matt Ryan the passing game. You know, I think Michael Pittman is is a really good young wide receiver. Really waiting for him to just absolutely break out right and become a star because I think he could get to that level. We've had some shuffling at the quarterback position, like you just mentioned, Taylor. So, um, what do we think about Matt Ryan this year for this team? Uh, and what do we see for Michael Pittman and the rest of the guys in this receiving core that get into, you know. Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, Alec Pierce, we know the draft pick, the rookie coming in. Um, who are we targeting there? And then also looking at uh, tight end, because we know Mo Ali Cox is there, Kylan Granson, drafted Jelani Woods. How do we see this depth chart kind of playing out? I'm I'm less of a Pittman fan than most people. Um, people think that he's kind of slated for this wide receiver one season, like this easy wide receiver one season. I'm not quite in that boat just yet. Um, I, I don't know if Matt Ryan can help deliver that type of season, especially at this age. I mean, he's done in the past, obviously. I mean, he, he had Julio Jones career and Julio Jones, I mean, Julio Jones is a better receiver than Pittman, but still, he's gotta, you got to get him the ball. Um, I think Pittman's a very safe wide receiver two option for you, and he very well could produce wide receiver one numbers in his career, but he's being drafted like he's going to for sure produce wide receiver one numbers, and I just don't think I'm personally ready to do that just yet. So I I don't think I have a single share of Michael Pittman across all my leagues, um, but he's got the talent for sure, and I, I can see why people think that, but for me personally, I'm... I'm a little cooled off on Pittman. I think he's mid wide receiver two range for me, like 15, 16, 17 ranked range for, for wide receivers for me. But the breakout could be on the, on the horizon. It could. I don't. It really depends on where Pittman is going for, for me. Like when I look at the Colts overall, like it reminds me of a lot of what, of what the Titans, uh, have had in recent years they've had you know Tannehill is the quarterback like it's comparable to Matt Ryan in terms of like a veteran guy it's a really a run first team but um the Titans have had AJ Brown in the past and is Michael Pittman AJ Brown absolutely not um but Pittman did command a uh I believe a 24% target share uh last year which is pretty exceptional you know for for uh, for a wide receiver um I like Michael Pittman. It really depends on where he's going in drafts for me. Um, so I, I I like him, but I'm not really willing to spend anything more than like a third round pick on on him. Yes, yeah, so I'll go ahead and let you guys know uh, he's going off at wide receiver 14 right now, um, which is pick. 30 so you're sitting in there yes that that third round range um so the fun game we like to play guys michael Pittman or jalen waddle jalen waddle um how about marquise brown brown probably brown for me okay dj moore i'll uh, take Pittman. quarterback quarterback difference same thing with marquise brown that's the t- that's the break for me yeah. on those guys. So you'll yeah. do the same then for Cortland Sutton too. Uh, no, I'm taking Pittman because I've never liked Cortland Sutton. I'll take Sutton over Pittman. 
Gotcha. So those those are four guys, at least according to Underdog, again, half PPR in, in some of these things that are going off after Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is going right behind Mike, Mike Williams, which he goes, no, my obsession there. That's a no-brainer. Um, right. I don't. I don't mind Pittman. I think Ryan is is adequate. Um, and again, the other thing that I look at is, okay, let's go through the receivers, right? Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, and Alec Pierce are the top receivers behind him. So this is either going to be that all those guys are getting the ball spread out to them, or these things are going to these passes are going to consolidate to Pittman, maybe Hines. We know they're going to run the ball a lot, and then potentially a tight end. So um, of the Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, Alec Pierce, um, and then looking at the tight ends too. Anybody there that you like? I like. If Paris Campbell can stay healthy, he's been a good, a decent dart throw. Um, Alec Pierce is a good pickup in rookie drafts at his ADP. But as far as everybody else goes, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't even care for. I mean, even in redraft, Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell are either going to be drafted in the very last couple rounds, or you're going to find them on the waiver wires in week two. So, if you draft them, it's because you like them, or you can keep your eye on them for the waiver wires. So it's that's that's really where where I'm at. I, I think it's Pittman, and that's really it that I'm interested in. I'll probably have one or two like late round shares, of dark throws on Alec Pierce and Moali Cox, um, just because Matt Ryan has has a history of using tight ends, um, and the Colts do use tight ends quite well. Um, they have in the past with with guys like Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Um, however, they've never really the Colts have never really supported two uh, fantasy. Well, not since Reggie Wayne and, and Marvin Harrison, but they've never really supported uh, uh, two fantasy relevant wide receivers uh, in in recent years. So uh, I'll, I'll probably have some late round art. All right, so that's good on the Colts. I'm sure Kane will be uh, commenting on this and telling us how poorly we broke down his team, but we will move on to the Houston Texans. Um, you know, guys, I, I, lots of questions here, obviously. Um, you know, is Davis Mills the guy? They obviously sent Deshaun Watson off, so he's kind of the one option there. Um, and then looking at the passing game, we know Brandon Cooks is just every single year of value. I don't mind. Everybody just keep letting him drop in drafts. Um, Taylor, I think that was probably one of your best picks last year in our auction draft. Um, and then looking so at, much hate for it. <laughs> and then looking at you know, who else is there in the receiving core. And then do we want any part of the backfield um, with Mac Burkhead, obviously in the draft, they address, address the position as well. So, but let's talk Davis Mills. I mean, can this guy be an, NFL quarterback for the Texans for more than just this year? Um, or is this just kind of a stopgap as they rebuild like they seem to be doing every single year? I think I mean, this I, is... I like him. Go ahead, Taylor. No, I was just going to... You go ahead. I was just... I, I like the guy. I mean, he just provided a spark, you know, and you can't knock a guy for providing that spark and hope what he did last year just off the field. I mean, he seemed to just juice up that team and, you know, prop Brandon Cooks up on his shoulders because he kept targeting him all the time. But, um, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say about him? I like Mills, too. Um, I think he re- he showed a lot, especially in that game against the Chargers last year where they just took it to him. Yeah. Um, 
but I do think this is a stopgap for the Texans because next year's quarterback class is supposed to be phenomenal, especially if the Texans are are necessarily one of the weaker teams this year. Like they could have a shot at guys like uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, so I do think this is a stop year, um, but I do. Th- but Mills will be f- fantasy relevant, and Brandon Coach will command a quite the target share this this year. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you got it. I'm just gonna keep putting in. Yeah, I was gonna just point out the wide receiver core. Like we've talked about Brandon Coach. I think anytime he's on the board, like he's still a value there. But um, if we like. Davis Mills, like we seem to. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's a decent quarterback. Um, they're going to be losing in games, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, but then the question is, like, is there anything else fantasy relevant at the wide receiver or tight end position? Because we're talking Nico Collins, John Mechie, Taylor. I'll let you talk about him a little bit more in the dynasty standpoint as well. And then guys like Chris Moore, Deshaun Hamilton, Chris Conley. Um, and then in the tight end room, Brevin Jordan, Pharaoh Brown. I mean, what are we looking at here if we think the volume will be there for the offense because they'll be losing? And we like Davis Mills, but I'm not sure what else I want from the offense. Yeah, it's for me, it's it's Brandon Cooks or nothing, honestly. Like, I'm not going to try and and wrap my head around these other guys on the team and trying to hope that they – produce anything i mean nico collins didn't really do anything last year uh he didn't show a whole lot of promise um i mean i know he's a rookie and he had missed a few games so he could have been dealing something we hear about it a lot where a rookie's playing but they're dealing with something and then it comes out that they were and you know maybe they start to produce a little more but if there's any other player that i want that's not a quarterback it's it's probably john mechie um i'm pretty sure he's going to start off injured so he won't he won't be helping you right away. Um, but as far as I know, his, his recovery is a little bit ahead of schedule. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, but anything with a torn ligament, you really got to just keep an eye on. He could not be as explosive as he was in college. You know, all, all of that talk. But John Mechie could be a pretty decent, pretty decent steal in some dynasty drafts. Because if he was healthy, I think he'd go five spots before where he is right now. So theoretically, you're getting him at a discount in your rookie drafts, and I'd keep an eye on him for sure. He had an unbelievable career at Alabama. Chris, anybody else on this offense you're interested in as far as wide receivers or tight ends? As far as receivers, uh, no, not not particularly. In redraft, I'm probably not touching Mechie just because of the injury. Um, I I mean, it's just going to be weird, I think, because the— Trying to predict who's going to produce besides Cooks is just no. going to be really, really tricky. Um, I just, in super flex leagues, I just want to touch on Mills again. Like, if I can get him as my QB3, I will be ecstatic. Um, I'll just leave it at that before we dive into this backfield a little bit. Yeah, so speaking of the backfield, um, just we got a lot of names here and names that fantasy players will know, right? Like it's it's Marlon Mack, it's Rex yeah, Burkhead. They added Dari Agumbawale. They've got Royce Freeman, you know, blast from the past there, and then drafted Damian Pierce as well. So, you know, it is interesting because I think with Davis Mills, this is we saw Rex Burkhead, right? Like he was fantasy viable. He was a darling for some people playing DFS, um, especially in the pass catching realm. If we're not seeing targets go to some of these wide receivers that we'd rather avoid, is there a running back here that is worth anything or has value in fantasy drafts? 
I mean, I really have to see it to believe with Marlon Mack. Like, he hasn't really played a down of football in, like, two years. So that, that's really a see it, for belie- see it to believe it for me. The worst-case scenario is this develops into a timeshare of some kind between Mack and, and sexy Rexy Burkhead. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to get Damian Pierce involved. Like, Dara Goombawale, he, he has some uh, experience as a pass-catching back for Jacksonville. So, like, I mean... This could be an epic disaster in for for fantasy purposes. Um, so yeah, I until things really shake out in camp and we see what's going on, I'm really just holding tight here. Yeah, for me, it's uh, in that same draft I've mentioned last episode. I'm still in it, and you know, I took Marlon Mack in the twentieth round, and it's just every round I look, I see him there, and I'm like. Marlon Mack, I don't want to take him here. Next round, he's still there. I'm like, oh, Marlon Mack is still there. Two more rounds of thinking that he's still there. And I'm like, all right, well, might as well take him as my six art running back. And, you know, what's that going to hurt if he's a bye week fill in? Maybe, maybe if things go absolutely wrong, I can play him and and he does well. I mean, maybe he has that Burkhead role like last year and he takes over the backfield. So if he does, he can be a steal at the end of drafts. But I'm not expecting anything out of this slew of running backs on this backfield to be honest yeah i'm kind of with you guys on that i mean you know you would you would hope the young guy could come in and especially with not much ahead of him break a path but you know we got a guy that runs up four five nine wasn't overly productive or amazing um at florida and then a 32 year old by the time the season starts in rex burkhead um i you know again i think i'm, I'm with you on on marlon mack i guess the one thing i could write off is like last year was his first full year back from or not even the full year back from tearing his achilles um mm-hmm. so if i had to take a shot on a guy and we're talking like 18 19 20th round of the best ball draft that Sure, he could end up getting the majority of the workload, but on an offense that probably isn't going to score a lot of points, it's, you know, how much is that actually worth? So um, exactly. I think that's enough on Houston. Yeah. Let's dive into Jacksonville. Um, so former number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. We had the struggles. We had the Urban Meyer fiasco. Hopefully that that's all that it was last year, right, in Trevor Lawrence's struggles. Um, they've added pieces on offense, um, new coaching staff. Guys, break down what we think uh, Trevor is going to do this year. Who are the weapons that he's going to be leaning on that we can also kind of pinpoint in drafts to take? He's, he's got well, the I do think the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had weapons last year, but I think the Jaguars were just a complete yeah, disaster. Like, Urban Meyer is a sick, like, what a sick joke that that was. Um, they've invested in the offensive line. Um, they did overpay Christian Kirk, but he is a viable, viable receiver. Um, James Robinson really slowed down at the end of last year between uh, not just the injury, but yards per carry and all of it you know he, he really struggled towards towards the end uh travis Etienne has you know reports are saying that he's he, he's looked great in camp so far so i think he's weapon number one for my point of view just because of the relationship he and he and lawrence have had in the past um i'm really hoping that pans out because i the the more we the closer we get to draft season the the more bullish i'm i'm getting on uh on Etienne. I I personally love Christian Kirk. Um, he's he's being drafted behind 
guys like Robert Woods or Adam Thielen or Tyler Lockett, these old guys that you could easily see kind of break down and make a make more of a case for them to slow down than speed up. Um, Christian Kirk is coming in there to be the wide receiver one easily. Um, they're going to expect him to do big things. I I can see him well out. I mean, he's being drafted wide receiver forty two. It's not crazy to think he's top twenty five. I mean, easily, that's kind of where Brandon Cooks is going. You tell me Christian Kirk can't have like a Brandon Cooks type year where he just kind of gets those hyper targets from Trevor Lawrence, who's also another year older, another year more experienced. Um, Christian Kirk, to me, is currently a steal. Uh, I mean, he's, if not top 25, he's at least a lock to to be up 10 positions from his draft spot. I mean, if you're getting him in the 40s as wide receiver, I think he finishes in the high 30s easily. Uh, and with the potential to be a wide receiver too, I think that's as far as he can go. Uh, but that's where I see him kind of finishing. Um, as far as some of the other pass catchers, Evan Ingram has always had a bad rap. I mean, he can hardly catch the ball. It seems like uh, Marvin Jones. I mean, this roster is basically just once you get past Kirk and ETN, there's a bunch of guys who you might take late in a draft to be a bye week or injury fill in that probably could produce you a good week uh but you're not relying on or you're not expecting much of so kirk and etn i love etn i think will be really good coming back from injury personally i'm starting to i'm starting to grow on him i think my my biggest concern with christian kirk is if he's going to be if he's going to be paid and treated like the wide receiver one he's going to be going up against best corners in in the league that, that's my biggest concern like i have concerns about cd lamb you know being you know being a top dog for for a much better offense in dallas so like that's a big concern for me uh, i'm sure the targets will be there and he'll have the opportunity but he just you know people don't really talk about this you know i had kirk on my fantasy team last year in elvis's league like drops were a concern like in games for for christian kirk um, you know, there were passes Kyler pulled right on the money and Kirk just dropped him. Um, so if he wants, like, it's a concern for me. Going up against really strong corners, he needs to make, you know, the important catches. So I think the thing with him, though, is he's not a guy who's, like, if you've got a cornerback that travels, like, it's not, he's, he's not going to be like, oh, I'm going up against Christian Kirk this week, right? You know, so... We'll we'll see how that that plays out, but he still will see a little bit better coverage, being probably the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah, this is one of those scenarios where it's like the opposite, where like I don't really love the player. I don't think he's a bad player, but like yeah, I like the I like the ADP for a guy that could potentially be the number one on an offense and is paid like a number one. Um, I do like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's one of these second-year quarterbacks that we could see take a step. Um, again, I'm hoping you know some of the stuff last year was just all the turmoil that was going on in Jacksonville. Period. Um, and I, I'm all in on on ETN. I think you guys have, have seen that, and I've sent you screenshots of of drafts. And you know, I've got him as my RB two or even my RB three sometimes, and I, I'm good with that. Um, you know, I, I think the James Robinson with the injury um I'll be honest I think James Robinson may end up going the route of Philip Lindsay we're like yeah we had this great year or so but now it's just going to be 
once his right. contract's over, he was an undrafted free agent. He's going to bounce around a little bit um, and, and probably not have a whole lot of fantasy relevance at this point. Um, again, nothing against him, but he went undrafted. There's not a whole lot tying him to any one team. Um, right. Yeah, it's interesting just because you got names, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadle, Jamal Agno. I mean, this is all guys we've seen play in games and catch passes, and it's like I just don't want to see them all cannibalize each other um i'd love it if somebody would step up and be the guy and have a high target share like christian kirk um and then at tight end evan ingram dan arnold they brought in chris man hurts as well or chris man hurts is still there but has played um any interest in tight end if we think lawrence is going to take the next step not at all personally i don't i think it's all going to come from the wide receivers i don't i don't just, and maybe every, evan ingram gets a handful of touchdowns but that's where all his points I feel like are going to come from unless he can just kick it up a gear and, and actually catch the ball. I agree. Uh, almost all of the production will come from the receivers. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It does kind of intrigue me on that point you just hit on, Taylor, of like the red zone of, you know, it's not like Kirk or Jones or any of those guys are like back corner fade guys, right, that he's going to throw the ball up to. Um, Evan Ingram's right. got some size. Are they really going to want, want to run Travis Etienne straight up the middle in the red zone? Probably not. Um, so I can I can get on board if, if Evan Ingram is, you know, my tight end two or even tight end three, but somebody that I could roll out there every now and then, um, depending on how this offense ends up looking. Um, you guys got anything else on the Jaguars here? Hopefully not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to hot takes. Who wants to kick us off? I can if you want. I haven't gone first before, so I don't mind it on this one. Take it away. As long as you don't steal mine. I don't know what yours is going to be, so I can't guarantee that. Um, And I do have two, so that could also make it much worse for you. So be ready to uh, audible and go in a different direction. So I am going to go. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the highest ranked quarterback in this division. He's going to score more fantasy points than the other three. Uh, I'm all in on year two. I've been all in on a couple other year two quarterbacks. So I'm going to keep that rolling here. And then I do think Matty Ice uh, takes the Colts to win this division. So I think Colts win it. They're in the playoffs. Graham, I think you cut off just a little bit there, but uh, I believe what you were saying is uh, good old Matty Ice takes it home for the Colts for the division. Um, definitely could be seen as a bold take, although the Colts probably have the best roster. Uh, I do feel like people are kind of discounting Matt Ryan going to the Colts. And he, I mean, I agree. I, I think they're going to win this division again uh, on the back of Matty Ice. But Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be far behind, so I, I like it. Okay, uh, my hot takes, Graham. I'm gonna piggyback off you. I also think the Colts will, will maybe not necessarily run away with this division, but they will win uh, the AFC South. Um, this will be Derrick Henry's last season in the top five of, of running backs for for fantasy purposes. Um, and then the rest are around the Jaguars. I will say Trevor Lawrence will finish easily as a quarterback two this year, and Travis Etienne will finish as a running back two this year. Um, so those are my hot takes. Who finishes higher, Tony Pollard or Travis Etienne? Uh, Etienne for me. Oh, mm. um, got it. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go ETM. I'm, I'm all in. I don't mind Pollard. I'll take him. But I do think there's still a chance that, like Chris mentioned earlier when we were talking about the news, that Zeke is just – they've paid him. They're going to keep riding it. Um, and I don't know if he's going to get the volume that we would want, even in a really good offense. I mean, do you trust Mike McCarthy, Taylor? No. I hate his guts. <laughs> exactly. And his, and his guts hate him. Sorry, Peter, had to do it. Doug, Sorry. Like, we may not like Doug Peterson, but he uses, no, go he get, uses go running backs a ton. Go get both in drafts. Especially you can get ETN at RB17 at pick 43, and then just wait on Tony Pollard at pick 89, running back 29, behind the likes of Kenneth Walker and Miles Sanders, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I'll get both. I'm fine with both, but I'd go to ETN if you, if you had to twist my arm. I'll take both. Yeah. Uh, Graham, how yeah. about this one? Travis Etienne or Chase Edmonds? Yeah, ETN. as much as I'm obsessed with Chase Edmonds, a lot of it is ADP. I can get an RB1 at, I don't even know where Edmonds is right now. Let's see. Edmonds, RB36, and I can get an RB1 on an offense that everybody thinks is about to be explosive. Like, yeah, please, everybody out there, don't draft Chase Edmonds, but I'm going to go ETN as, as the better option this year. All right, moving on to my hot take. The reason I bring up Tony Pollard is because you guys are here. A nice little blunder at the end of this. Uh, anyway, uh, I think my hot take is Traylon Burks finishes as the highest scoring rookie wide receiver this season. Kind of, kind of basing that off of sheer volume alone. Um, Robert Woods being gone, Maybe Derrick Henry's not up to full speed, or maybe he's uh, a shell of what he was, dare I say. You never want to bet against Henry, but uh, the ball's got to go to someone. And right now, Traylon Burks is, in week one, Traylon Burks will be battling with Austin Hooper as the as the best pass catcher on the Titans. And if Derrick Henry is not as up to speed as we, as we think, I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball. So I think they're still going to throw it a lot maybe 30 times a game, 35 times a game for Tannehill, just because I don't feel like they're going to be as good as they were last year. And those targets are going to be gobbled up by Burks. And by the time Woods comes back, I feel like he'll already be established. So he'll be able to carry on that great start to the end of the season and finish as rookie wide receiver one. I feel like it's going to be close, though, but I'm still taking him number one. Yeah, that's... Wow. I'm, I, and I just started you know, scrolling through everything. I was like, okay, Burks, great... You know, London's got a good shot at volume, but Pitts is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Olave, yeah. Garrett Wilson, maybe. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with. Uh, if if we're gonna place bets, we don't have to place bets live here on the air. But um, if you give me odds on this, I, I'm actually gonna put money down on Jalen Tolbert in Dallas. I'm not fully convinced mm. that CD Lamb is an alpha alpha. Um I, I think he's a good wide receiver, but I don't know if he's an alpha. Um and Gallup is gonna miss a lot of time. I don't I don't mind again, big piece of this is the offense, right? Dak, how up uh, up tempo they are, how fast they play, how many snaps they take. Um if I had to actually go make a bet somewhere with lines on all this stuff, I think Jalen Tolbert's the the one to take a shot on. Sneaky pick. Sneaky pick for sure. But I mean, if you're thinking like, let's, let's call it Burks, London, Alave and Wilson. Let's leave out Williams. Cause he's going to miss probably yeah, six yeah, weeks. I mean, who, who's got the best chance of getting the most targets. I mean, everybody else has competition or, 
you know, a little bit of a lesser quarterback in New York for me personally. So, okay. Add, uh, the road add, is there. Add Tolbert, add Tolbert to that, though, because if you look at Garrett Wilson's not the guy, Olave's not the guy. We think we think Burks is the guy. We think London is the guy behind Pitts, but I think the Dallas offense is going to throw more. So if you look at just total targets, I, that's where I'm throwing Tolbert in there. I could see that. They're, they're going to have... I mean, they got I mean, Dalton. Uh, they got Dalton yeah. Schultz too, though. So yeah, he's he's like, their he's their call it wide receiver too for sure. He's their second guy. I mean, Tolbert's going to be borderline irrelevant when when Gallup is back to full speed. Possible. I don't know. They they run a lot of they do run some five wide with Dak by himself, um, albeit most of the time they'll split a running back out. But I don't know. I, I feel like Burks has got the you know best path i guess you could say to the workload just sheerly based off of his team sky more maybe Kansas city nah, nah. Not, i mean i mean he'll not for me definitely not definitely not he's christian not, watson he's not christian watson we know that yeah they're gonna have to score i think to i still i still really like olave though because i'm Really unsure about Michael Thomas, and I am a Jameis fan, so I know you got to include Kamara in that mix. But right. mm-hmm. my hot take was Chris Olave was going to be the wide receiver okay. one in New Orleans. Here, here by we the go. End of Live the for the people, five dollars each. Winner gets the full fifteen. Rookie wide receiver one. I'm going Jalen Tolbert. Taylor's going to go Traylon Burks, which is a little chalky, but I'll let yep. it slide. Chris, Chris, oh, who are you? On. Who are you going with? Are you going with Olave? Or are you sticking with him? Justin Ross. <laughs> Justin Ross. Uh, I would put money down that Justin Ross is is bad. You know, we'll, no, man, I want your I, I want your rookie wide receiver one here. Chris Olave is my wife. I should have taken odds on this. You guys want to? You guys want to Venmo me now? I should have taken odds because my guy's the long shot, but I'm going to stick to it and then rub it in your face when it actually plays out. So there, there we go. I think he's the name long shot. I mean, nobody's thinking about it, but when you really look at it, he's got a pretty yeah. decent chance. I, I mean, I think he's like probably fifth on that list. Yeah, but he's up there. So right. he's close. There we go. Yeah. Everybody heard it first here. So we'll uh, we'll revisit this week 18 at the end and, and see how everything stands. Guys, anything else for the people on the hot takes? Uh, right. No. Love the, I love the segue to wide receiver rookies. Like what? where where that came from but it was it was good for the people to hear oh yeah yeah talk about them all right well you know where to find us at qc underscore fantasy on instagram and twitter head to qcfantasy.com and subscribe comment share all the stuff we're out see you head to our twitter i'm going to put a poll up burks Whoever Chris decides to pick, Alave, I guess, and uh, and yeah, Tolbert. But in, in there, who's who's yeah, um, who's most likely of our wide receiver one picks, and then put him in there. You know, Burks is going to run away with that poll on Twitter if anybody votes on it.